Mm, this is your third one, too, so this one might suck balls. Welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Portress. And joining me, I swear to God, it's the same dude, Matt Smith. I have a sultry voice. Ooh. Sounded all like... I'm almost afraid now, really. It's I'm, kind I'm of, over here right next to you. It feels because Skype has such a high quality. Like when you hear it like in, uh, you know, just a speaker, you're fucking computer and stuff it's not that bad when you get like high quality coming back and you wear earphones it is like somebody is behind you and can just you know do do things to you that you ought not want them to <laughs> indeed so please don't always do th- doing things you don't want them to <laughs> or do you um it's like a billion. Well, how you been doing, man? Oh, uh, man. Uh, we, we're, we're a little late this week. I mean, uh, oh, it's shit. been standard somewhat recently that we've uh, recorded this mother on uh, Wednesday. But Yeah, you know. It's you been, know, here we are. You know, it's all the, it's all over the place. And uh, why? Because we watch stuff, we do stuff, and I'm now, you're juggling two podcasts, I'm juggling uh, three. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. It gets to be a lot of I'll, work. I'll soon be with you. Uh, we're going to chat after the show, not in the after show, but mm. uh, hopefully next week I can announce some plans. Very interesting. But, some, uh, some real concrete ones. Yeah. So, you know, new kind of stuff happening all the time. And uh, so thanks for, if you were coming here from any of those shows, thank you. And uh, you've, you're now like persons 14 to 15, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's good, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you. But we are here every single week to review new releases. We got two on the docket today, and uh, we, Matt may have a couple more in his back pocket there to talk about as well. We don't. We never come underprepared for this fucking thing, at least as far as seeing, you know, tons of fucking movies goes. Uh, but the big ones today are going to be, of course, X-Men Apocalypse, the new one from Brian Singer, and the new one from not Tim Burton, but uh, still starring Johnny Depp, Alice Through the Looking Glass, a sequel, I mean, I guess we had to make because money. But apparently yeah. they... We, <laughs> it's not exactly lighting the world on they fire They wanted right to make money. Well, they well the first one did, right? Or it made like okay money. I don't even remember. No, the, the first one did really well. Yeah, well, there you go. So yeah, I, I was fairly certain the first one did pretty well, but I was just like, well, with this one, uh, not not so much, yeah? 
Yeah, well, this one, I mean, look, um, it hasn't been great. It hasn't really been uh, good either. Uh, or, or even mostly good. It's, not it's pretty been pretty much been terrible is what I'm trying to say. Not blowing it up like the first one did. But that was like, I mean, that was like, what, three, four years ago or something where like before the 3D, well, like like the kind of cusp of the 3D boom from the beginning and stuff where it's just like, oh, shit, here's some, you know. <laughs> yeah, it people, is kind of from there. People were like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to we're going to get in there and like this 3D thing. And then it started to kind of fall downhill a little bit for a lot of people after that one. It's just like, all right, there's enough fucking shit on screen. I get it. Uh, lucky for you folks, I didn't see this one in 3D, though, honestly, I mean, and we'll talk about my feelings about the movie. If I was to go see it again, I probably actually would go in 3D. It might have been cooler. but uh, uh, Well, you know, I actually really liked the 3D in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was handled really well, uh, as opposed to a lot of the things that were coming out at that time that were kind of, um, uh, you know, all kinds of, uh, I don't know, just shitty post-processing, right? Yeah, like your uh, Clash of the Titans and stuff. Or, yeah. Uh, what was what was the um, I mean, Conan that the was Barbarian? The big one. That was um, a really bad one. Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, that remake was a bad one. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll just, say that that's, right that's, up front. Jason Momoa's uh, abs could not save that. No. Well, I mean, um, no, I'm just mean the 3D post process was they said was just god awful. That was that was one of the first big ones that people saw and were just like, no, fuck you. Well, that this was looks Clash terrible. of the Titans. Or was, that was well before. Was that uh, that Conan. one? I forget. Yeah, they all Clash are bad. The Titans was the one where it was like, holy shit. And that kind of saw, uh, signaled, I think, to Hollywood. Uh, hey, maybe you should fucking not decide to do this two months out from the release. Yeah, two months out. That's the big problem. But man, they got it down to a science, man. Like all the Marvel movies are, are three. Like their 3Ds are spectacular. And yeah. it's all shot in fucking two D, man. These these uh, it's all these about post- it's all about putting the fucking time into the post process, mm-hmm. right? So if you if you don't put any time into it, it's gonna look like shit. Yeah, you don't go with a second rate house to no. put that shit together. Speaking of uh, special effects on this thing, we're gonna have an interesting discussion about special effects today mm-hmm. because on one of these movies, uh, out of uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass and uh, X Men Apocalypse, our other uh, big new release review, mm-hmm. um. They are both pretty big special effects movies, and one of them has really good special effects, mm. and one of them does not. Bump, bump, bump. I don't have a, I don't have a sound card, so that's as best. You, you got to queue up better, man. That's as best you got. I'm not. I'm no <laughs> Bill by there Force, are, man. There I don't are have things that on fucking... YouTube, like people that have uh, copied off those uh, old old uh, LPs with sound effects on them. You should just queue queue that shit up that's and just cool. play a random one. <laughs> just, uh, just, just no. a random fucking sound effect right. as it happens. Well, 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 you know, never. Well, it, sometime randomly during the show, you might hear one. How about that? That'll work. Okay, fair enough. Because <laughs> I'm not um, right now, Matt. What, what do you, <laughs> what, what have you been watching, man? Well, well, we didn't even discuss this. Uh, so, outside of the big two, did you even get to anything else this week? No, no, I was busy. Okay. Well, then I've got a shit ton to talk about. Well, I hit it up. All right, so first off, uh, last, uh, this past week, so not last night, Monday night, was uh, the premiere of season two of Scream on MTV. Yeah, you liked and, that uh, first season a lot. Yeah, I really liked the first season. I thought it was a lot of fun. And this one uh, is starting off with some of that same old meta commentary. Um, and they're starting to introduce uh, like things about horror comics and seriality in this one. Um, 
and it looks like it's just going to be a, a blast. I hope it I hope it holds up and is as good as the first one. But you know, uh, sequels. That being said, second season justified uh, the best season of that whole series. So, um, I'm going to say, you know, uh, check out scream. It's streaming on Netflix here in the U S I believe. Um, if you haven't seen the first season and then you can catch up on MTV.com with, uh, or iTunes with, uh, season two. Yeah. I saw it out there in the uh, Netflix. I was just like, Oh, if I had some sort of time somewhere <laughs> to put this, I'd, I'd like to sit down and fucking watch it. I'm just, it's, it's pretty interesting. Once you get some time, check it out. Uh, I also on demand this week, uh, saw this movie, uh, the ones below and I forget who released it actually. Um, I'm sure I could scroll down here and see, um, I'm going IFC. Ma- it's magnet releasing. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those all the time, right? Like, <laughs> they're the two big uh, VOD releasers, uh, yeah. especially for genre things and art house stuff here in the U.S. Um, anyway, so this is a, a from a BBC Films co-production here, and um, it's uh, it's directed and written by uh, David Farr, who um, is making his debut here as a director but he uh he has uh written several things of note including the screenplay for uh hannah and uh the the miniseries the night manager which has been airing on amc uh recently and um here he's uh making this movie it's about this uh couple who's expecting their uh first child um they live in the upstairs apartment of this uh building and the downstairs apartment uh, gets some new tenants in. Um, one of them, uh, the woman, is pregnant. Something happens to her baby, and then uh, everything turns into paranoia and fever dreams. And uh, it's really well executed. Hmm. Um, it has some stars, uh, some small minor stars that people might recognize. Uh, the biggest one, I would say, is probably David Morrissey who uh, was the governor on Walking Dead. And also um, had a great career in the 80s. <laughs> that was Stephen Patrick, and sadly, not related, which <laughs> is bizarre. How many fucking people in the UK have the last name Morrissey, and if there are so many of them, why have I only heard of two? Mm. Um, How about that? I, I think it's a, a <laughs> conspiracy. Marty Morris, email is a Morrispiracy. Yeah, oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, him. Uh, he plays uh, the... the husband of the downstairs couple and then the wife upstairs is uh i always never know how to pronounce her name it's uh clemence posey she's a french actress she was in um god what would people even remember recently she was in the uh well no nobody would fucking know that i just saw that on download no, that's uh, all porn this, that's all porn matt we don't well know she the was in this titles. tv series called the tunnel which was pretty good um but uh Man, where am I going all the way back to? Uh, I first recognized her from uh, In Bruges. She's in that movie. So going a little ways back now. And she hasn't been in a whole lot of stuff, but she pops up here and there. Um, But she kind of has a face. Like if you recognize her, uh, you'll see her. She's also in Harry Potter. That's probably where most people would know her as, uh, know her from. Um, She plays uh, Fleur Delacour, like one of the French uh, witches in that thing. Sounds hardcore. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, so the ones below, I, am going to give a check this out recommendation. It's, uh, somewhat standard. Um, and you can kind of see some of the twists coming They're telegraphed a little bit. Um, but I think it's mostly because of just the nature of what this thing is, but it's really tight. It's under 90 minutes long 
and uh, it really does ratchet up the tension uh, well enough to be worth a worth a look. I think. Fair enough. Nice. Nailed it. So the final thing that I saw this week and uh, just absolutely fell in love with, uh, actually just saw it this afternoon, is the new film from uh, writer director Whit Stillman. Um, have you seen any of Whit Stillman's films, Adam? I only uh, know Whitman Sampler. What's that? I said I only know Whitman Sampler mostly. Oh, well, I mean, fair Blair. enough. But he, So he made uh, Metropolitan and Barcelona and Last Days of Disco mm-hmm. um, with uh, that one with Kate Beckinsale and Chloe Savini. And uh, then he kind of took a decade off and he didn't make a movie again until uh, 2011 with Damsels in Distress, which was one of those films that came out right when uh, like Greta Gerwig was having her rise to being uh, like Miss Indy. What's that new thing she's coming in? What's it? What is that? I forget. Uh, Maggie's Plan. That looks good. The the new one from Rebecca Miller. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. uh, Rebecca Miller, by the way, is a fantastic filmmaker and novelist. Uh, She's married to... um, Fuck, uh, Lincoln, Daniel Day Lewis. Um, <laughs> I had to think of Lincoln. Got to be a bizarre. That's got to be a bizarre household. Um, well, you know they're they're both artists, you know. Mm, yep. um, anyway, <laughs> so here uh, again, Kate Beckinsale is uh, Whit Stillman's lead here, and um, this is adapted from a a short story by um, uh, or a novella really um, by Jane Austen called Lady Susan, and it's about. Um, the uh, romantic manipulations of the title character uh, in securing a financial future for her and her daughter. Um, So uh, it's kind of a a witty comedy. Um, I don't don't know. It's a period piece with Kate Beckinsale and Chloe Savini. She's not riding uh, on a pirate ship? She's not. And Stephen Fry is in here. Stephen um, Fry always just shows up in the in the oddest of things. Well, because he's a he's a good man. He's <laughs> a good and kind soul. Somebody's got some shit on him somewhere. <laughs> it's just like, look, motherfucker, you want that to get out? Where you club that baby seal with a you know pound and a half of fucking raw well, beef? Ex- except that this this movie right has a little bit of a pedigree, and Stephen Fry is is a stage actor. Mm, that's true. Um, and uh, it's just it's really just an old school charming film um telling a pretty simple story it's really funny uh assuming you've ever uh found anything written before uh uh porkies came out in those in the 70s of or early 80s hold funny. on hold on hold on there are um, there movies before porkies yeah mm. their whole their entire books even that were written that i'm were all comics. about pp man post porkies outside of that go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> look man if they ain't the peeing and the pooping nope don't I want, want that. I want it. that. Nothing Just the it. peeing in the pooping. Mm-hmm. Peeing in the poop. Uh, Kate Beckinsale is fucking fantastic. Uh, I have not seen her on screen in a while. I know she's been doing a few things here and there, um, but uh, kind of just mostly smaller things. I think the last, th- last thing I remember seeing her in was Total Recall, uh, which is four years ago now? I don't know. I Something half like watched that? that at a laundromat one time. <laughs> You probably had a better viewing experience than I did. I don't know about all that. That Um, volume is halfway down. I'm just going, what the fuck are they saying? Yeah, that's what what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, 
if your laundry's done, you can walk the fuck out. That's true. I, w- I was there. I bought a <laughs> ticket to that motherfucker. Yeah, I was just there watching on a fucking 32-inch television, fucking standard def, but it's a high-def TV. You know how that is. Yep. Just like with the volume, like probably mm, two-thirds less loud than it could be if you wanted to optimally <laughs> hear it. And I'm going... There's a lot of cool looking stuff here, but that's about it, I guess. I mean, I know it's, I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like visually sync it up with what I know of the original movie, right? And I'm just like, it like, it, I'm like, I bet, I think it's this part right here. I think this is when, okay, we're about probably what 20, 30 minutes in the movie at this point. You're just trying to like, well, no, they, that kind of happens later. Maybe it's a little later in the movie. It's just a they horrible, are, horrible game to play. They are terribly not related. <laughs> like, like I know that Total Recall, uh, the Schwarzenegger, Paul Verhoeven film, is not related in any way, really, to Philip K. Dick's story, um, outside of like basic premise and characters and some shit like that. Um, I would rather watch that movie than have anything be accurate to uh, Philip K. Dick if most things that people say are accurate to Philip K. Dick are, in fact, accurate to them. Hey, everybody's got something. I don't know. You know what I say about that? What? I see bacon. I see ham. <laughs> I see steak. Sausage. Where's my sausage? There's no sausage. It's true. Think it's about totally that. fucking true. Think about that, kids. Uh, so anyway, Kate Beckinsale's great in here. Chloe Savini is uh, fantastic. And I have to give a little bit of a shout out to, um, to uh, Tom Bennett who plays uh, Sir James Martin, one of her uh, daughter's suitors that she ends up actually uh, uh, kind of uh, manipulating herself. Um, and uh, he's just fucking fantastic. He's he's like this Looney Tunes, like he's moneyed and wealthy, but uh, doesn't know anything about uh, or pay any attention to societal de- decorum, really. Um, so he was funny as shit. I laughed a lot with him on screen, Tom Bennett. And I I have no clue what I, what else I've seen them in. I mean that's the it's a lot of uh, just British people in this movie. Uh, <laughs> Marty probably knows that. You everyone. all look the same to us. He's seen them on every fucking TV show. With your pasty faces, even at uh, Idris Elba, pasty. Fucking pasty motherfucker. <laughs> that's that's that they all every one of them. <laughs> so uh, I like how that's the only yeah, black so British person we all know, isn't that's, it, guys? Uh, <laughs> that's love and friendship. It's out in theaters now. I I guess it's been out in cinemas in the uk for a while um but i think it's out currently it hasn't like passed already uh it's a really good time at the movies it's fucking rated pg and it's an hour and a half and it's really funny so go and check it out indeed you ain't too big for me to give you a licking (laughs) well that's not true you asked for this that's just fucking not true son (laughs) bring that on licking over here well all righty What what fucking soundboard are you using? It's just a fucking King of the Hill shit. Just yeah, but is it like just Bobby? like specifically that character base? Yeah, it's all cotton. Yeah, okay. It's That's- seven a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get that as my fucking ringtone. Oh my uh, god, if I could get that as my alarm in the morning, that would be the best. <laughs> We're like the only two uh, amused by this. Oh, I think okay. everyone else is just like, well, like, we've quit. Well, they're either they've either quit or they're like, this is so much better than the normal show these motherfuckers put on. <laughs> they they try to pretend like they know what they're talking about. Clearly don't. Clearly don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they got none of that shit. <laughs> ain't none of that going on right now. Uh, nope. So let's get into it. Here's our uh, the trailer for our first new release review of this week. 
Alice Through the Looking Glass. Mm. You've been gone too long, Alice. There are matters which might benefit from your attention. Friends cannot be neglected. the night, and the sky becomes the sea, when the clock strikes heavy, and there's no time for tea, and in our darkest hour, before my final rhyme, she will come back home to Wonderland, and turn back the hands of time. Time is a heat. He is not someone you want as your enemy. Please, sir, the hatter is in danger. Young lady, your time is up. This cannot be good. Hello, Alice. present you with a gift. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was the trailer for Alice Through the Looking Glass. Our first new release review of this week is uh, directed by James Bobbin. Uh, INDB plotline, Alice returns to the whimsical world in Wonderland and travels back in time to save the Mad Hatter. This is uh, starring... Can you pronounce this girl's name? I know it's Mia. I can put that together. That last name is... Mia. Vajakovska. There, uh, yeah, that's name. pretty good. Pretty good. I I remember it well because uh, when Stoker came out, there was a whole thing about it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Johnny Depp, uh, Helena Bonham Carter, Anne Hathaway, Sasha Baron Cohen, handful of others. Um. Now, prior to this week, I had not seen the uh, the first. Alice in Wonderland movie uh, that was directed by Tim Burton. This one is only produced uh, by Tim Burton. Um, right. I. I borrowed the Blu-ray, started to watch. It was, I was, I mean, it's pretty standard kind of, you know, Alice in Wonderland story for the most part. Yep. Um, so it was a little bit uninspiring, at least for me. Okay. Uh, and that's just because it was just like, well, I mean, I've seen this story a thousand times. And I'm now just seeing it through the lens of Tim Burton. Fair enough, I guess. But didn't wow me by any stretch of the imagination. I was just like, I was, I was glad when it was over. Right. Um, so going into this one, I was not too you know overly excited or anything. Um, so the movie starts out, and I'm about I got about a fourth way through it. And I'm just not I'm not having it, man. I'm not just I'm not bowled away by any stretch of the imagination. And then I kind of remembered something, and by the time that I started to remember it, started to happen on screen. Uh, is Bruce had said something uh, from Here Movie Podcast. He we were talking about uh, reviewing this movie this week, and he's like, I heard it's had like you know some time travel stuff in it, and there's some kind of wibbly wobbly timey wimey sort of stuff in it. And I was just like, and just about when I was starting to think about that, then that started to kind of uh, come into the fold. Um, as it, I'm sure it surprises none of you. Uh, never read the book. I don't know. I mean, you know, I know the original thing, but that's it. The mm-hmm. Looking Glass. I you know I don't know from from nothing, but. Right. Um, 
but it was by the time that they started to do a little bit of the time traveling stuff, I got a little bit more interested because it was just like, it was interesting to see where things were going to go and how they were treating things. And I, and I did try to go like, well, I'm thinking to think about this like it's a Doctor Who episode. And that right. kind of helped me, I'll be honest. Yeah, I can imagine that helping. Uh, I really like the first film. I think... I fucking think we reviewed that years ago when we first started this th thing up. If you did, I, um, I mean, I didn't. So maybe I don't know. Maybe I just wrote about it. Um, but in any case, uh, I I actually kind of liked it. Um, and uh, the 3D on it was good, uh, as I was talking about earlier. Um, and then nothing happened. Like there were plans immediately announced for a sequel. This was 2010. And here we are, it's 2016, and we finally have this thing. And I just got to like look at it and go, this is, uh, this is the sequel to that. Day late and oh so many dollars short, man. I um, mean, if it had been released a year and a half, two years later, right? Yeah, it might have done, it might have done it, better. It might have been, I would have even for, like forgiven some of its lightness, right? Like the, the lack of just there. Uh, that is, is so much uh, in evidence in this movie, right? Um, but it's hard for me to hate it because everything looks so nice. Like, like these films are at least really well designed production-wise. And so I'm not bored while watching them, but like it doesn't ever add up to too much. And there's a, in each one of them, uh, I think a much needed, uh, like trying to get uh, like means of trying to give Alice uh, some actual agency as opposed to just being dragged along Hapless through the story. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, here, even that is a little diminished. I felt like from the first film, um, although I did appreciate like her not taking any shit from anyone. Um, it just wasn't enough to kind of carry the story where it needed to go. And the story is not, it's just not much there. And, I'll ask you this because I haven't seen the first one in probably a year or two. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I have it, but I haven't sat down to watch it, right? Um, it felt to me like Johnny Depp's performance was so much worse in this one, which is almost incomprehensible because he wasn't great in the first film. Yeah. It was just him playing a caricature of like whatever the fuck Johnny Depp felt like doing that day when he sat down and because he finalized is just the makeup. so haphazard and all fucking over the place. And right. it's just like, what are you even, what's your motive? What is your idea in your head as to why you're acting the way that you do? It really doesn't, it's not informed in any way because it's so scattered that it's not, but yet at the same time, it's not so scattered. That it's just like, well, he's just, he is really, you know, literally mad. Um, right. It feels more just like a guy who's, you know, just traveling through acting opportunities that he can figure out how to do something a little bit different. And James Bobbin was editing this motherfucker's just like, fuck it. We'll just pick whatever take I like best. Doesn't matter if it's consistent with any of the rest of it. Fuck it. It's <laughs> weird. Let's just do it. It's fucking Johnny Depp at this point wearing fucking 87 pounds of fucking makeup looking like a complete fucking wacko. Just let him do what he wants to do because everybody at the end of the day, everybody's just going, ah, it's fucking Johnny Depp. Well, God bless well, him. Except they're not right now right like this movie as we discussed uh cost i'm pretty sure close to 150 million yeah i'd say easily yeah and uh it grossed a total of 26 million this weekend mm. uh 170 million was the production budget for this thing 
and so far domestically it's done 36. Internationally, much better, 105 total. But every other I, country in the world. <laughs> but that's but that's what uh, Alice uh, Alice in Wonderland did domestically in its opening weekend. It did like 111,000 or, or 111 million or something like that uh, domestically when it opened in 2010. Really, really so, tough to delay a sequel this long, people. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, the pe- the kids that watched it and grew up and loved it probably don't give a fuck anymore. There are also a couple of things that uh, just struck me as really odd. Um, so when, we're, when we first see the Hatter in this film, mm-hmm. his fucking eyebrows are not as crazy as they are. Every other fucking time the you design see is all over the goddamn place. I don't. Well, I mean, I mean, like, like they're not long at all. It's like they're they're normal length. Uh, I mean, they're bushy as shit. Yeah, but they're they're normal length uh, on the sides, particularly. They're just kind of like trim. Right? He's just got Andy Rooney eyebrows at this point. Yeah, and then uh, you ever like notice how I the, look like the, like the next Hatter. scene? And they're and they're fucking longer, like they normally were. And I don't, I don't fucking get where. Like, Man, this is a fucking... character who could spontaneously grow color and change his makeup without touching a fucking thing on his head. Uh-huh. By the sheer grace of, you know, probably what's the Book of the Dead called? The Necronomicon or something that I'm sure he prays over at night. That's right. how he's able to do all this shit. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that man's a fucking ghost and should be shot in the goddamn face. Well, look, uh, here's, here's the bottom line on this. Uh, it looks spectacular. Mm-hmm. They actually spent time on this film's special effects and finished them, uh, which is a big improvement over the next film that we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, but uh, I I think that like people, I mean, this has been a trend in in his movies, but this might be the movie that finally people are just like Johnny, you got to figure your shit out, bro. Yeah, I posted something on Facebook the other day. It's like, is there a time at this point where Johnny Depp doesn't, like, even in the real world, look like a character, like a, a like a caricature artist drawing of him on a b- boardwalk? Yeah, well, it's he's like, not even a real person anymore, man. Right. Well, and he and he's not fucking Keith Richards, right? Like, he can't get away with just doing that. No, it's it's because it's because done. he hasn't been around for uh, sixty fucking years doing the same thing and being amazing at it. He's been pretty good most of the time really good a, a fair chunk of the time and pretty awful abysmal, a large growing ch- a growing portion of said time yeah uh yeah an ongoing portion of said time he's been pretty terrible uh, and i haven't hated him in everything but jesus fuck man i mean like look i'll take i'll take i'll take uh fucking black mass shit over this any day of the week like, give me something that's at least, you know, the, the makeup and the eyes and all that stuff, a little bit over the top, whatever whatever you have. But at least it felt like he was fucking acting in that movie. This, yeah. it just felt like he was just like, I'm just going to fuck around. Honest, honest to God, you know, it seemed like a fucking drug addict. I ain't going to front. I don't know. I don't know nothing about the man's, you know, life or whatever. But it just seemed like a guy who was on some shit and just like fucking was weird and odd and strange well, every fucking but- day. Well, that's the thing that I think, uh, you know, we do know a little bit about his life. And I don't want to get into it because there's a lot of shit and I don't want to fucking hear tweets or emails or any (laughs) fucking thing about it. Right. But he's going through this very high profile divorce with Amber Heard uh, where like she's been granted a restraining order because one of the things has been like he has had drug and drinking problems continuously over the past couple of years that they've been together. And when he goes on those things, he's been violent. Right. But if if that uh, is in fact true, and I I think it is, I mean the fucking judge believed it. There's fucking uh, video 
uh, eyewitness testimony. There's uh, photographs, right? All kinds of shit. Um, testimony in the case from his own bodyguards. So if that part of it is true, then whole, like, of course, like, like, I think that's evident in this fucking movie. He's just kind of there amb- ambling around, man. You know, like he is on something. Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like to me. It just feels like somebody's on something. I mean, you know, I can spot like somebody on acid or weed, but that's about it. So I, I can't tell you what other stuff he might be on, but uh, and, it ain't those two things. And I really feel bad. Uh, I mean, look, she's been doing this shit forever and it's not going to hurt her career one bit. But uh, like Linda Wolverton um, kind of has had a rebirth in Hollywood since that uh, Alice in Wonderland film came out because she's written she wrote the screenplay right mm-hmm. and famously she's written the screenplays for like um uh beauty and the beast and lion king and uh uh all kinds of shit like that but what right? about but- things that made money <laughs> <laughs> well right um but then like uh she's she also after alice in wonderland she uh got um maleficent made she's got maleficent 2 on the way right? i don't think like i said it's going to um you know, impact her career in any way. But, uh, I feel like this film is definitely not a high watermark for her. Um, and of course, like Mia Wazikowska is going to be just fine. She, I feel like is the only person acting in this fucking movie. Uh, I will take you to task on that, my friend. Cause that's where I was going next. Okay. Is, let's roll with I it. I think Sasha Baron Cohen did a great job in this movie. I've always, oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I think he's, um, I, th- I like, cause I've, we've seen it in this, we've seen it in Hugo. And then obviously the characters and stuff that he plays, uh, and, and then in Les Mis. And so, I mean, the guy, he, while yeah, he you're plays, right. I was, I was, I had in my mind the, the transfer cast, right? But right. he, he fucking shows up to work and he's really good he's, at this. yeah he's really really great he is given he's you know it's always kind of an oddball performance i mean that's what you hire a you know a big tall gangly looking motherfucker like that for right uh but what he's doing there is there's a lot of character in that you you feel for this time character and what he's going through and his frustrations and his you know kind of everything that's going on and uh, he puts in a sweet performance and even at the end you know you get kind of a whole you, you go he has he has an arc i don't know that many other people in this fucking movie have an arc but he does no, I mean it's him and Alice. They have arcs, and that's yeah. it, right? Um, but Alice, Alice still kind of stays the same, more or less. What does she really gain at the end of the day, though? Uh, an understanding of of herself, right? Like she does gain stuff. It, well, it yeah, no, you're right. That, you're, well, I kind of no. It I doesn't get you. mean that the specific circumstances of her life change, right? No, you're you're right. But, she, she she got to the thing where she's just like, look, we don't need the boat. We can do other stuff. No, you're right. She had yeah. Heard. I mean, she she has a character development. It's not a, a you know a whole fucking it's not series something of to events. Go to. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but they were the yeah. yeah they were the only two that had anything to go through with this. Though I will say I. I there are a lot of people. I like I what Helena Bottom Carter's doing. It's like I like the I like the I like the parts yeah, more yeah, than yeah, I look, like the I, sum. I don't I dislike what most of the people are doing in this film. I think that uh, the problem is, especially with like Anne Hathaway, right? Anne Hathaway. God bless her. I love her so much. What the fuck are you doing in this garbage? Well, what she's doing is uh, like playing a character for which there's not a role actually written. Right. Exactly. I feel so bad right. for her. Um, and I felt the same way about, uh, Erasabeth this time around the red queen, right? Mm-hmm. Like she just, she has a character arc too, but it's not, I don't know. It's just not there. It's like, um, it's, it's like, it's almost there. The bones of it are there. The structure's kind of there, but it doesn't pay off in quite the way that you would want it to, because right. we're really trying to paint a very sympathetic, uh, picture of this, of this, you know, woman of mad power. And it almost works, but not quite 
Right. It's like exactly. it, it gets there to a point and you're just like, man, it needs to, I need to feel just a little bit more in the part where your heart should be really fucking coming to a point and then it just, it doesn't quite get you there. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. Uh, what's your final say on this? Adam. I'll say this. I mean, if you were a big fan of the first one and stuff, you're going to like this. Um, if you've never seen it before, don't. If you haven't seen the first one, certainly don't. And, uh, I mean, if you thought it was the first one was at least okay, I'd give it a shot. But by and large, for the most part, I'm going to say stay away from it for the, for the majority of people, especially listeners of this show. Just fucking ignore this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the same thing. I mean, I didn't hate myself having sat through this thing uh, because, like I said, I did like it, and I do like Mia Wazikowska. She's... Uh, like a, a really good actress, and Sasha Baron Cohen brings something to the table as well. Um, he's a he's an underrated actor. He is a character actor, and mm -hmm. he always builds like really interesting characters. But he is acting. He's not just fucking throwing on a red wig and being a fucking. No, weirdo. he's he's there. There are some points in this, and he is just straight the fuck up acting. And it mm -hmm. and the great part is is that it's done in such a broad character, but yet still feels grounded and real. Yeah, he has he has really good emotionality. Yeah, I, I give that um, guy so much credit for that shit. So so uh, I'm gonna say pass unless you're like a fan of the original and and just want to check it out. Um, but I think if even if you have kids and they like they're not super big into the idea of going to this one, and yeah. you still haven't seen Jungle Book. Go and check out Jungle Book. Yeah, it's a, it's a better time. I think your kids probably enjoy the Jungle Book a I little mean, bit better. I mean, kids enjoyed this. I was in there with a lot of kids, and kids liked it, but also, like, not to the same extent as all the kids. Kids also like eating their boogers, so, you know. Well, I mean, uh, that's good for them, at least. There's uh, high medically. protein in boogers. Let's well, go. Take them all. And germs, bro. <laughs> and germs. That they that they build their immune systems with. That's true. That's true. You got to you got to totally um, true. It's science. It's actual real science. Well, that's what that's why I would say like the the teachers are the most like fucking like resistant motherfuckers out there because they're dealing with little kids all the day. They're always just you know coughing and puking and fucking all this other shit. So they yeah. got like it's just also built up. why when something makes it through that wall, they get sick the fuck out. They're just fucking done. Teachers, because that shit is probably hardcore if it got through all that stuff. Is all I'm saying. Indeed. Come and get your tootsie rolls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here's the trailer. For X-Men Apocalypse. Things are better. The world is better. Just because there's not a war doesn't mean there's peace. He's coming. Some call him Apocalypse. He was some kind of god. For thousands of years, he's been amassing mutants to take their powers. He always had four followers. Like the four horsemen. Eric, don't join them. Whatever it is you think you saw in me, I buried it with my family. Together, we will cleanse the earth. Everything they've built will fall! And from the ashes of their world, we'll build a better one! I've never felt power like this before. They took him. Raven, the world needs the X-Men. I'm not a hero. Students look up to you. If I'm going to teach your kids something, I'm going to teach them how to fight. Follow me. To her. I'm not afraid of him. Magneto, he's my father. What? Him and my mom, they did. No, I know. 
Not all of us can control our powers. Then don't. Apocalypse means to destroy this world. It's all of us against a god and the most powerful beings on Earth. X-Men Apocalypse, our second new release review of this week, IMDB Plotline. With the emergence of the world's first mutant, Apocalypse, the X-Men must unite to defeat uh, his <coughs> extinction-level plan. Uh, this is <laughs> directed by Brian Singer, written by X-Men luminary Simon King- Kinberg. I always want to put a G in there for, you ain't no king, man. Uh, starring all the X-Men, you know them. There's eight billion of them, I won't go through all of them. New people, obviously, you, Oscar Yeah, they're Isaac. all in this movie and they use three of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's you're not really wrong there uh but this time around you know we got like ty sheridan and we got the the start girl and the uh, alexandria's ship um <laughs> i don't know i really like that uh jubilee's in this thing and they never say the name jubilee or show her using any powers or have anything to fucking do with her whatsoever i'm convinced that was just an asian girl in a yellow jacket matt her name on the cast list is jubilee until mm, i see otherwise asian girl in a yellow jacket well, because uh, she didn't do nothing. She did. She did nothing to purport the fact that she was Jubilee, other than wore a yellow jacket. There, there were main characters in this movie that did nothing. Mm, well, that's a lot of the X Men movies. No, 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 no. I mean, like people who are central to the actual storyline that did nothing, right? Like, uh, mostly the Four Horsemen did nothing in this thing. Oh, no doubt. Uh, they. I mean, most of the time, nothing. Magneto stood and looked at stuff. And. Uh, I, uh, you know, I listened to HMP this week because I knew that, uh, I was going to diverge on most of your opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really like Olivia Munn. I think she's just fine. They don't know what in the fuck they're doing with Psylocke. Uh, she's in like three scenes in this fucking thing. Um, we get to see her actually use her powers twice. Uh, neither time is she an actual badass. Like she really is in the fucking comic books. She slices and- a car open once. You've seen it in the trailer. That's yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. the and, biggest and, thing. And she gets into some some ninja fighting yeah, a little bit, kind of. but not really with her powers that much. Um, although, you know, she has a throwdown with Beast that I kind of enjoyed. Hmm. The biggest problem for me, well, there were two big problems. The biggest one is uh, I was just fucking bored watching this thing. It goes on and on and on. It's not, it's not as long as, like, you know, Captain America's Civil War or anything, but... Uh, it is over two hours. No, it's they're they're about on par actually. And and uh, the the last battle felt like it was on a goddamn soundstage, even though it's this massive set piece that they're doing. Oh no, it's completely. I mean, but you cons- look around it's conceptually, all it just like con- it, it was it was like they conceived of the fight taking place on a soundstage and then made it look like it wasn't or tried to make it look like it wasn't, but it didn't feel right. It didn't feel big, right? Um, 
it didn't really feel like the end of the world because you're in the middle of nowhere in the desert and there's not much world around you. Yeah. Um, there's some sparse buildings left and right. Okay. Right. Um, I, this, I just, I had so many like small problems, but the biggest one is definitely, uh, just being fucking bored and the fight scenes, not even like the action stuff in here is not really even an action oriented spectacle it's really crazy uh like there's a lot of stuff that happens action wise like thing people using powers and wolverine shows up for no fucking reason and, and yet that's really not a like we've had a lot of kick-ass wolverine scenes over the years and this one doesn't even like uh, it ain't even a blip on the radar man no look people want to complain about not being able to tell who's doing what in the action scenes in uh in civil war Go back and watch the fucking Wolverine scene in this thing. You don't know what the fuck he's even doing most of the time because he's not on screen most of the time. And they're trying to bullshit for probably PG-13 rating so they can't show anything, you know, semi-even graphic, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's blood and whatever, but that's even beside the point. It's like I want to at least see him doing the stuff instead of it just all being uh, low shots and then cutaways to somebody being jumped on. We had one day with Hugh Jackman. One day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it feels like, although I'm sure it was like a week, right, uh, to get all that coverage. I No, I guarantee um, you that's probably no more than three days. Tops. Tops three well, days. Well, that's probably right. Tops. Um, but I, don't, but on I top doubt of it's that, that much because I, my guess would be there's probably a lot of like, you know, devil work in there and, with, and the but, non-crucial shit. Right. But but here's the other thing. Why were we even there? To, Why? Be, to be bitching and referential. Yeah, to fucking bring in uh, Wolverine, who has nothing to fucking do with anything. It was and a 20-minute diversion in a movie that was already probably 30 or 40 minutes too long. <laughs> and and it serves no actual plot. I mean, the, the reason they're there is to get people who were captured, who just, like, you know how you solve that? You just don't write Stryker coming in and capturing them. And then you don't have to do any of that shit. You just move on to the next plot point. It was totally no. unnecessary. <laughs> the other the other real big thing, aside from just how bored I was during this movie, was uh, that, that really just got to me was I was so amazed that this movie was a release print. Because there are special effects in this thing that they look like they're, you know, first passes. There are some terrible fucking process shots in this thing. I mean, terrible. Like, I was honestly shocked during uh, many, many scenes. Like in the in the final uh, battle, mm -hmm. so many terribly uh, green screen process shots. Just really poor work, half finished. But most egregiously, the worst uh, special effects are in the show. Like what should be the show stopping moment, which uh, is really uh, the Quicksilver scene yeah there there are there are a couple things in there that really are that that look really bad that it's just like oh wow I mean, there's hmm. did you see it in 3d uh no yeah i didn't either so i was talking to bruce about that scene uh, uh and he like before we recorded preacher this week and uh he said that he thought that the scene looked just fine but he didn't notice anything but watching i mean look it's an okay scene i like the quicksilver scene right i'm yeah. not complaining like i think the con the concept is good it's one of the more it's entertaining a, bits of the of it's of a the nice show. it's a nice nod right uh, to the original while also offering something slightly new mm -hmm. although i don't want them to fucking do it in another movie yeah. like like do something different with it 
Um, but uh, there are a couple of times where like, he's just like, it was particularly noticeable in the latter half of it when he's setting up everybody to throw them out of the window. Mm-hmm. And it just, it looks like they're fucking cardboard cutouts. Yeah. Like there's, it's so flat. They go up against like the, the, you see them in the sky there and then they fly up against the, uh, the little sheets and stuff they threw on the trees and whatnot. Yeah. But, but even just like when he positions them at the window, like him running over to the window with them looks like uh fucking South park animation, right? Like just <laughs> yeah. fucking, it's just flat surface. on they, flat yeah, surface. yeah. He picked up, like he picked up two standees and, just, yeah. and flew them over to the window real quick. And, and I gotta say like, that is shocking. Because I know that this movie had fucking tons of special effects budget. Yeah, they had they had bread. And uh, Jesus Christ, I don't know. Uh, I know you talked about it all of the other episodes, so I don't expect you to have much. But uh, you know, anything you want to add that maybe you didn't talk about there for our listeners? I mean, so you can kind of see where I'm going. Yeah, with this and here's the thing, <laughs> and here's the thing, and, and that's the weird part too is that. I don't dispute anything that you're saying either. That's that's except for the Olivia Munn part. I will fight you to the death on that. That's um, fine. That's a that's just a preference. Thing. Yeah, but um, the the arguments that you have are 110 percent valid, and yet for some reason, I don't know, things hit me in just enough right away to where I was just like, I don't I don't hate this movie. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't over the hill about it, but I, th- I think I got because I was maybe it was because I was you know looking so low and I wasn't really aiming as as high as I could that I was you know going wow this really wasn't an absolute piece of garbage and so therefore I love it. Well, I don't th- I don't think that the movie's an absolute piece of garbage, right? I mean, there's X three and then there's X three. Yeah. Right. Well, um, there's X Men's Order to Wolverine, which is worse than that even. So. Arguably, yeah. I mean, I think they're about on par. Ter- they're both terrible, right? Yeah, but- be- best case scenario, they're on par, yes. Yeah. Um, I-, I don't think this movie's bad. I just think, here- here's my line on it. And uh, this is, uh, like, a friend of mine, we were talking about this on Twitter right after we saw it, and, uh, like, I agree. Um, and it's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching it was, this movie is the best one in the series for actually putting the comic books directly on the screen, like as a translation. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that equals a good time at the movies. Per, no, well, I can see that. Well, and, and I'll be honest with you, though. I mean, that's just something I talked with my dad about after the movie. And I was just like, to me, this is a comic book movie. I mean, this is a movie that reads a lot like an X-Men book. Yeah, and I don't think, and I think that's the problem, Maybe. right? Like th- this reads like a Chris Claremont X Men book, mm-hmm. and Chris Claremont had a lot of really great story arcs that were hampered by conceptual issues. He's a he's a big he's a big uh, he's a big writer that Chris Claremont. Uh, you know, I always like to say, <laughs> you sat down with one of his X Men books, man. It was just like, well, uh, here goes two hours of my life. I normally read a comic in maybe twenty thirty minutes if I'm like really like looking at the art and enjoying it. Uh, right. But a Cl- Chris Claremont book, uh, you're going about forty five minutes to an hour on that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're going to enjoy uh, any I mean, of the art. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to hate on Cl- Chris Claremont. I'm just saying, like, he had a particular style mm-hmm. in the '80s and '90s. And still does, although he just doesn't get to write as much now, um, at least in the mainstream Marvel universe. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't know translates to like actually making a good movie out of it. Like if you're actually just doing the, the Claremont material. Fair enough. 
Um, but you know, I, I, uh, I am glad that they, uh, started to utilize like original costumes a little bit. I didn't mind the flight suits, uh, them going back to it, but I, I was, uh, pleasantly surprised to see, uh, the kind of more original costumey influenced things in the last part of the film. Yeah. When Mystique has like her, uh, her little white, uh, going on. That was, that was nice. Um, but I wish we had seen a little more of that. Yeah. Like, give me a give me an establishing shot of all of them or something. Um, I mean, I, I love the fact we end in the danger room. I think that's a great bit. I mean, I was just yep. like, oh, fucking sweet. Like, when I saw them, when everybody was kind of gathering around and it all kind of looked like it, I'm like, oh, oh shit, oh, shit, we're going to get some danger room action. Which I didn't. hope it really, I, well, <laughs> true. But I hope the next movie just opens with that a big fucking a la X-Men number one, right? Well, uh, the gym I, one there where they're fighting a big think, fucking thing. Here's and what I think their gag's going to be. Uh, and uh, we'll see. Uh, I mean, it's going to be two years out. Probably. Maybe. Um, but, you know, the next one is going to be officially, they've said, is set in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Right? I fucking bet that the opening of that movie will try to be very similar to the Danger Room stuff in the cartoon series. I can see it. I'm going to say it uh, probably will be. I would, I would not mind them just using that as the theme music either. Just a real fucking like, you know, get, uh, yeah, get fucking like, John like, uh, like, gets a hold of it or something. Well, just get like, uh, like slash or flea or somebody like, just get somebody to fucking rock it up a little bit. I, last point on it. I'm going to say like you guys are going to see this whether I tell you to or not, but I think it's not a great movie. Um, a couple of comments on that, right? Uh, first, I did like the shout out uh, to third movies always being the worst. Mm -hmm. And I did find it ironic that this is the third movie of the, in the reboots. Stuff. So, yeah, I did. Like, I was just like. <laughs> that was immediately what popped in my mind. It was too, dude. I was just film. like, I mean, the, well, I mean, it popped in my mind at the same time. I'm like, motherfucker, ain't that you too? But I mean. Well, it, it was him producing. Well, right. maybe. So. Well, no, no. This. Well, like you said, this is the third one that he did of that. So this is his third from first class on. Right. This is the first. In, this is the third in that series. Now he didn't do the other one, so like feels like, oh, this is slapped to you, uh, fucking Brett Ratner. But at the same time, it's like mm, this is your third one too. So this one might suck balls. That's what I got yeah. out of it. I just got like, hey, if this well, sucks, it Brian, is the third one Brian in here, Singer's motherfucker. Fourth. Well, I'm talking about in the fucking from first yes. class on. Yes, but him just kind of going, "Hey, if it sucks, it is the third one." And we did say third one suck, kind of thing, kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, Wes Craven did in, um, right. in, in Scream, where he's just like, "Well, I did direct the seventh one too, and technically we said that one was shitty." But you know, even though I will say, I will say to you right now, Ghost of uh, Wes Craven, it is not shitty. Seventh great, um, but true. yeah, but I I don't know. I just it's it's okay. I'm like. I'm going to watch it at least two more times before uh, the end of the year. So uh, come the last episode of H&P every year, we kind of can go back and correct anything. This may be one that I don't know which way it'll end up going. It may go down a little bit. I don't know. At this point right now, at this conversation that you and I are having, I feel like I would I would have probably gone Damian Wayne at this point because I've had a little bit more time to think about it. 
<laughs> yeah, you guys went really light on this movie, but I, I was we, shocked. We probably, I was did, we probably shocked. did. I, th- I think, no. honest to God, I think it was super low expectations going in. That's that's my biggest thing. But now that I've got time to think about it, if I sit back and go and watch it again, I might have some different stuff. But uh, as I said on that thing, and I'll reiterate here, fucking Fassbender and McAvoy fucking just killing it. They're doing what they're doing in here. God bless o- Oscar Isaac for having a nothing fucking character to do anything with. And, you know, that it lo- I was terrible. always surprised when, uh, like, people were really excited for him to play Apocalypse. Because if you go back and read the comics, Apocalypse is also a nothing character in most of them. Yeah, and Oscar Isaac's a great fucking actor. This could have been anybody. Um, so I'm going to give this one a, a pass. Uh, I, I, I don't know what the fuck I want from the next one. I, I think I kind of just want them to scrap the whole goddamn thing and do a new cast and every fucking thing. Mm. I definitely think that it's Less time for them to jettison <laughs> Brian Singer. Well, that I'll agree with. That I can agree like with. Like, entirely. I mean, like, not even, a, like, a producer. Like, maybe give him a fucking legacy credit, like, uh, producer credit, but... give Yeah, give him something like that. Just put somebody else in there. I don't, I don't care. Don't put who. him in charge of the production in any fucking way. That's... Well, um, it was, like, the problems with all the fucking Zack Snyder DC shit, man. It's just, like, that cat's behind, like, all the bad decisions they're making over there until they've started to seem like they're starting to write the ship at least a little bit. Well, I I mean, look, I, I think Brian Singer is probably a better filmmaker than Zack Snyder could uh, ever be. Well, this much is true. Uh, I mean, he's the guy who made Apt Pupil, for fuck's sake. And I know most people will say Usual Suspects, but, you know, whatever. Um, but Apt Pupil, right, like, is is a fully mature filmmaker's film. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, yeah, he made a couple in his of career, decent... I mean- What's that? And for as early in his career and everything, it's pretty astounding. Really right? early, yeah, really early in his career. Um and, uh, you know, he comes out and he makes two X-Men movies and, uh, the second one's all right. Yeah. First one is okay. Yeah. Um, third one, he's, uh, like credited as a producer on, but really had nothing to do with. Yeah. Um, that one's terrible for various reasons. Most of them having to do with Fox and the fact that, uh, like Brett Ratner somehow managed to make a Hannibal Lecter movie where like it's interesting, but it's only because of the actors doing what they're supposed to do. Well, and he came in with like literally six weeks for prep. So, well, it is also just uh, like aside from that prep work, like Ratner is just a really bad. Well, yeah, (laughs) he's he's not a good director. Uh, I don't know that I disagree with that. Even though I I like the rush hour movies. Bad director. I think he's a boring one. Um, he, he's a guy you call in to get the job done, right? Yeah. And I think the saddest thing for me uh, over the past <laughs> fucking, uh, Jesus Christ, has it really been 16 fucking years since he started making these goddamn Oof. movies? Yeah. Um, or, no, not six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it has been, right? 2001? 2000? Yeah, 2000, 2001. What right in there? Yeah. Um, so 16 fucking years Brian Singer's been making these movies and I feel like he's just gotten worse as a filmmaker, like as an actual director. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's just gotten worse. Yeah, 2000 I'm, straight up, 16 years, man. And and I'm including uh, Valkyrie, which has moments. I like Valkyrie. Uh, yeah, I think I think that one's a competently made film. It's not as good as he was before he started making X-Men movies, mm. but it's pretty solid, right? Yeah. Uh, Jack and the Beanstalk or whatever fucking blows balls. I don't even... Did and uh, did we did we review that? No, I think I did at some point. Uh, oh, that's it. right. Because I remember. Yeah, I was just like, because I was just like, I can't go see this. I can't go see this, and I don't think that I did. But you did, you poor bastard. Well, I didn't go see it in theaters. I, like we didn't do it as a theatrical review. Oh, no? I just saw it later when it was on HBO or some shit still, and talked about how still, bad it was. I pray for you. <laughs> um, 
but it, like he's just gotten worse. And so I think the best thing for all parties involved is just like Brian Singer, move the fuck on. Yeah. Just get on out of there, bro. Uh, go make go, something else. Go give us that, the fucking, uh, what do you call it there? Uh, Logan's run. We've been looking forward to for fucking 25 years. No, don't do that. Go no, and, well, he's going to do it. That's his, that's well, his I, love, man. I know that's what he wants to do. I'm just saying don't fucking do that. No, go I don't and, think he Go should. and no. adapt a fucking novella again. It's anything but this. Just go and do that. I'm done. All right. Uh, that's so, it. yeah, I'm going to say, like, you know, you guys are going to go see X-Men. I'm going to tell you not to do it, but, f- you know, you guys don't. No one even listens to the fucking you, show. If you so. listen to Matt, write us at <laughs> filmfind at gmail.com. If you just go, that man makes a good point. I'm not going to go see that movie. Send us an email. <laughs> I I was so down on this movie after walking out of it um, that I could not even con- like uh, convince Marsha that uh, she should just see it once. Because, you know, she's like, oh, I'll, I'll go and see that with you whenever I'm down next week. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. And then immediately after I like I posted one comment about it online and some other people were posting as well that she saw and she was just like, yeah, I don't think I want to go see X-Men anymore. <laughs> like me neither. Uh, so that's it for this week. So, you know, I'm not watch it if you like. I don't care. It was it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. You I was gave it to Tim Drake. I, you should stand by. I'm he a, says go and see it. I liked it well enough it's to I can tell people to go see shit. it. I look at the end of the day, I, I left with a smile <laughs> on my face. It wasn't like I said, wasn't the most amazing thing in the world, but was like far better than I ever imagined it to be. And I think that's also what influenced me a little bit. But I'm also I'm not going to say that like uh part of what was really bothering me the last thirty minutes like I feel like if it had if that last action scene, the big fight mm-hmm. that went on for like thirty minutes, that really didn't had, do much of nothing. What's that? That really didn't do much of nothing. Yeah, I feel like if there had been stuff going on, I probably would have uh, like been a little better about what I think about this movie. But as it is, all I could really think of was like, how much longer is this going to go? Because I got to go pee. <laughs> and then so I did that, and then I came back to watch the stinger, which. Ooh, another Mr. Sinister singer. La-di-da. Uh, oh, well. So don't do that. Um, or do it, whatever you want to do. According to the box office, chances are you probably did. Uh, next I think week, everybody's seen it. That's <laughs> yeah, see it this, this point. yeah, yeah, probably. It's probably going to have a drastic second week drop-off because I think this movie's going to come in number one next week if if, uh, Definitely. if my brains have anything to say about it. Me before you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yep. Thought I was going That's the other. That's what I was going to say. Little Amelia Clark coming People in there. People love that fucking Daenerys, man. That dragon lady, They're man. It's all about like them thrones. They all about that shit. She about to get up on that electric throne. <laughs> fucking ride around in the, the cripple guy's Jesus fucking lap. Christ. That turned really mean. Uh, so, uh, Be Before You uh, is next week, as well as Pop Star Never Stops Stopping with uh, Andy Samberg. And, of course, the big one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Uh, which looks to be a hell of a lot more fun than the first one was. Doesn't have good reviews right now, but I don't trust any fucking you know reviewer online to fucking uh, review a goddamn Ninja Turtles movie and have anything ever, less than safe or bad s- about you it. You sat down and watched the first one, right? You oh yeah, it's an H and P episode. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. it's all right. It's not terrible. I mean, it's not good, people, but it's not terrible. People, I think, have lost the fucking side of like n- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They were they were never in this form. Meant for thirty-year-old dudes. No, this is this is this was a movie that was made for like you know, eight to fourteen-year-old boys, or even younger. Yeah, probably because because like, you know, I get it. There are comics that are clearly for adults, 
about the Ninja Turtles that those things were based on. But go back and watch that fucking cartoon. But that ain't what this is, you know. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what I mean. Like that cartoon is not for adults. That cartoon is squarely aimed at children. That's why people who liked the Ninja Turtles comics and were older were pissed off about it when it came out. Get off of my lawn now, and, damn it. And now everybody that's my age or your age or like slightly older than us, they're all like, I fucking like these movies. Well, fuck you. They're not for you, man. They're kids' movies. Yeah. But I, I thought the first one was okay. I actually, on, on the... Uh, on the um Christmas episode or Christmas episode, New Year's episode there for H and P. I actually dropped it up a grade. So, ooh. So yeah, I'm gonna and, be rewatching but, it again before. Checking but this it, one, so. this one looks like it's a lot more fun, and the, all the vibe on the set is everybody's just like, dude, this is what we wanted the first one to be like, and this one is really gonna you know engage people and give the people what they really wanted in that. Yeah, first it's one. a lot of fan service. It looks like so, in the trailers, I'm, which, I'm which in a movie which like this can not be a bad thing. You know exactly. Yeah. For this movie, fuck it. Throw never, all the shit the fans want in there. We never got a fucking Krang and shit in our other movies, man. This is a no, fucking No, we got a time travel thing Christ where sakes. they were in Japan for some fucking reason. Oh, boy. Bought that soundtrack, though, when I was a kid on CD. <laughs> 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 How's that for being a, a baller and a shot caller? All right, so uh, we'll we'll review those movies next week and everything. And Popstar is looking like it's pretty good. The, uh, the Red Man trailers, it's not bad. I've heard good things. I had some friends that were at a at a preview screening at Emory sometime last mm-hmm. month, and they said uh, it's pretty damn funny. Very good. So I'm well, looking forward that to guy it. tends to write some funny stuff. So, and is, sometimes, well, well, true. Sometimes, and no, I'm, quite, I'm kidding. I like that. Funny. I mean, like, I'm like, I can't think of anything, but I'm like, I'm sure there's probably something out there. that I'm like, no, but. Uh, uh, you know, and musically talented as well. So that's a cool part. All right. Until then, though, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the Internet this week, sir? You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith and uh, listen to the goddamn Preacher podcast. Uh, it's a good program. Thanks for holding it down for me. I was just like, I was out of my fucking skull that night. And I was just We're like, we're going to do two episodes I got a week. Nothing. Yeah, it's going to be two episodes a week because uh, we've heard enough from people and they're like, yeah, man. Uh, so we got people that are like, I want to hear the spoilers. And we got people that are like, I don't want to hear the spoilers. We're going to fucking, fucking, no, if I can talk to him, we're going to placate everybody. We're going to do two episodes, one that's kind of just based on the show and then one that's kind of a crackpot theories and delving into differences between it and the books and stuff like that. So there's something there for fucking everybody, man. So why don't you head on down uh, and join us on the iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts and stuff like that. We'd appreciate that. Uh, and of course, my other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast, at HeroMoviePodcast.com. Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, Ninja Turtles over there too, so a lot of Ninja Turtle action and everything. Uh, so <laughs> that is it, everybody. For Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody. Tell them all who
bunch of fucking hippies. Ah. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, man, that's yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen. I just like I, I keep watching that guy, and I'm just like, these he's I can't wait till he gets. And that really pisses me off. The whole um, not playing uh, Freddie Mercury and stuff because I think he'd fucking kill that shit. Yeah. Ah, oh, so fucking disappointing that. Well, you know, if that's the if that's the movie that Brian May wants to make, it's going to be terrible. So probably for the best. Maybe I'm just like I'm just not excited. I'm like, dude, I really thought we were gonna get something fucking cool, and this guy who like really wants to pull, like, is it like somebody just wants to do it, man? It's like somebody really wants to do it. Let him fucking do it. What's the harm? <sighs> Life. I don't care. Anyways, um, anything? You got anything on the palette? So let's, you know. No, I got nothing. Devin Ferracci sucks. We all know about that. Yeah. We we talked about that a little bit before the program. Yeah, I just defriended this fucker on Facebook because of uh, like him jumping up in my mentions, calling me petty and shit. But I'll tell you, man, uh, maybe you should stop fucking sucking Devin's fucking dick. I don't like the guy myself. I'm not. I mean, we've talked about him. He's an okay writer, and he has all right opinions. But like, there are certain levels of uh, online uh, like film writing where if you say anything fucking bad about the guy, they jump down your fucking throat because he's like the god of all geekdom. And it's like, no, 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 no. You know what it is. And it's like, fuck this dude. His, his website is mostly shit that he regurgitates, uh, like, blog posts from fucking Hollywood Reporter. And then when he has a big opinion piece, it's always, like, half right and half wrong. And most of the time, the, the points don't actually connect the fuck up any fucking way. So what's the fucking value of that? It, I mean, to me, also, he's a goddamn dick. He's just a dick to everybody. And he has been ever since anybody ever first and fucking countered him. And when you point that shit out and somebody says this was nine years ago or uh, whatever, it's like, no, man, like he's just a fucking dick every day. Go read his goddamn Twitter feed. I would if I hadn't been blocked for saying that somebody wrote a good article on BuzzFeed once. How dare you, Matthew? How dare you come up with because such slanderous Because lies. he was tweeting about fucking BuzzFeed being garbage. And it's like, well, not all of BuzzFeed is like the clickbait. Like, they employ actual people that write articles. Just because you don't read it, it's on you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, um, but also, like, you're going to get so pissed off at somebody for saying, like, actually, I read this thing once that was really interesting. And you'd probably like it, given your fucking interests as somebody who likes movies. You're going to block them and then mock them for, for saying that there was a good thing on BuzzFeed once? You are a liar. Who's, who's fucking petty now, bro? Anyway, fucking Farachi, man. I can't, like, hopefully that guy will fucking get punched just right the next time he decides to have a fucking boxing match, in quotes. I, I like how, like, he just doesn't prepare for any of it. And then just, like, love, love I, I love it when people that, like, go, hey, man. I'm going to fight, man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be in this big fight and shit, and here we go. And it's just like, and you don't fucking train at all. Where is your fucking headspace at, man? No, and, man, don't you get it? He's the fucking badass. And he goes in and gets his ass just fucking beat by, like, look, I mean, God bless him. Joe Swanberg, of all fucking people, has knocked this motherfucker out, for Christ's sakes. Swanberg yeah. weighs like about a buck 28. Well, I mean, he's a tall, man. lanky motherfucker, but still. But- let me tell you how much smarter Joe Swanberg is than Darren Devin Faraci about movies. He, he, well, he he can make them instead of being a poor little bitch who just. Well, look, not I'm not even saying that because I, I don't fucking that. make movies, right? But but I'm not jealous of people who fucking do. But I but I will say this: Joe Swanberg, 
also knows a lot more about what his movies are doing and how he wants them to be made than Devin Faraci gets out of them and writes about. That's my point. That's not untrue. Like Swanberg knows what the fuck he's doing and knows why he's doing it and what it means. Faraci sometimes doesn't even know what it means, and that's his only fucking job. And he could beat that ass. So what's up? Apparently. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week.